In today's episode, Patrick Grimes shares one of the most sincere comments I've ever heard about analysis paralysis. In it, he says, there's a lot of successful engineers in real estate, but there's a lot more who are still contemplating the possibilities of getting into real estate. If that message resonates with you, if that defines you, pay attention. You're going to want to hear how Patrick, a high-tech machine design and robotics engineer, broke through the analysis paralysis and was able to get more than 3,000 units in multifamily in a very short time. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Socrates. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and, you know, just a bunch of really badass human beings looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is Patrick Grimes. Patrick is the CEO and founder of Invest on Main Street with holdings that include general partner ownership of a multifamily real estate portfolio valued over $300 million, including 3,000 plus units across the southeastern southeastern United States and Texas. Patrick co-authored an Amazon number one best-selling book, Persistence, Pivots, and Game Changers, and writes articles on investing and commercial real estate for Forbes and Inman author. Patrick, so glad to have you on here today. Welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Well, I'm excited to be here, Josh. I've you know followed you for quite some time and even participated in a, in a mastermind you know program. I was very impressed by your capability and your skills and helped me, certainly launched me forward. And and hey to the tribe out there on the do zone. It's definitely a topic that rings true to me. Uh, and so what is something that most people don't think about is what your, was your question, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, without diving into too many details, perfection is something that you'll never reach. And, um, and trying to, I, I struggled my whole life trying to do things all on my own. And it wasn't until I started partnering with both partners at my level and bringing on employees and virtual assistants and contractors that I was able to scale. I think the challenge was keeping control over the process. And I think the big, the best tip I could probably share that a lot of people don't think about is, is when, is when you start to document your processes and try and get control over your procedures uh, there's this kind of idea that you have to have a perfect, perfectly written standard operating procedure for everything in your business. And it's simply not true. In fact, we run forward. And then the minute we see something that didn't work out right, we create a Google Doc and, and we'll just title it a procedure for such and such. And then that one piece of the process that needed better direction will document. And then as we move forward, if something else breaks down, the next one piece 
of that process will document. And we don't have a procedure that shows all the steps of everything because a lot of it's common sense and a lot of it requires some intuitive, but where it breaks down is when we need to provide direction and we need to provide control gates and then that's all we document. So I think it's better to just dive in there and start with a piece of the puzzle to fix when it breaks down and not try and fix something that's not broken. Yeah, well said. And, and what that what you're really uh, alluding to here is about uh, building the airplane while it's in the air, you know, building the ship while yeah. it's out to sea. Mm -hmm. I've heard that said a few different ways. But what you're saying is, look, let's start running. And if one of our muscles gets tweaked, let's take care of that when it comes up. Yeah. And, and uh, have you always thought that way? Or was that is that a new is that a kind of a new development uh, recently? Because I know you've had some kind of stratospheric success recently. So uh, is, is this something that you just kind of figured out as you were going? Well, you know, my story is I, I was very much, I did high-tech machine design and robotics. So I was working with a lot of, uh, of very interesting, intelligent people in my, in my space. But when I, in the real estate world, I've been working in real estate about two years less than I've been doing engineering. But in the real estate world, I needed, I felt like I needed to do all the jobs myself. So I did a pre-development and, and I rode down a downturn. I got into single family. I was finding the deals, analyzing the deals, taking them down, managing the renovations, all that stuff, all on my own. So no, I wasn't, uh, I was using my own money. I wasn't, I wasn't bringing in a lot of uh, assistance and help along the way wasn't until I decided to pivot into multifamily because I, I, but single family was working. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was, I was successful and it's hard to think outside of the status quo because something, if something's working, but it's still a lot of time away from my family, friends, and hobbies. And when I met my wife, I needed to do something that freed it up. So it wasn't until I started partnering up with people that were much more successful, trusting and verifying that and working towards, uh, uh, a, a much greater vision, but leveraging the capabilities of others that I began to see tremendous success in scaling into multifamily syndications. And being the master's in engineering and uh, MBA grad, I felt like I needed to follow the textbook business plan at first. It took me two and a half years before I got into a multifamily deal. And I was trying to, again, control every step, do everything myself. But then I realized, well, you know, that's not how the partners I'm working with do. They, they run for it. When something breaks down, then they go to the time to document what broke down. And then they have gates and controls in for that one piece, but they don't go write a standard operating procedure for every single part of their business, right? And that, that just simply doesn't make sense. And you need to hire people that don't need that, but you can still write them as you need them or whatever pieces are that you need them, I guess, was what I was referring to earlier. But well, yeah, I think I think what you're really leaning into here mm -hmm. is uh, you are a very methodical person, and mm -hmm. uh, you know robotics, uh, you know mechanical engineering and robotics, and that that sounds complicated. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah, hundred. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds very exacting and very precise, and it also sounds like in in order for you to even run a test you have to create the exact right environment. You have to remove all of the variables. And before you can even push the button because you're dealing with a machine that may cost millions of dollars, 
got to make sure everything is correct before you push that button, because if not, mm -hmm. you could have an expensive mistake on your hands. Mm -hmm. And what you learned, you tried to transfer that into real estate. And then that, that was sort of working, but it was a grind. What I really extracted from that is when you started surrounding yourself with other people who were operating differently mm -hmm. and they were achieving more success faster than you were, it kind of clicked something in your brain. Is that, is that what happened? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I started seeing that, you know, you can trust, you can, you can find the right partners and it took years to find what I felt like were the right like-minded partners with the right value set, but you can modeling their success in the ways that they, they were able to empower and bring the right people under the umbrella to launch them forward. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, and things really, really start to go forward at that point. And the, the analysis paralysis of the, the high tech uh, machine design uh, guy that I was, because you're absolutely right. Every custom machine that we built was a one of a kind operating prototype that was the final product you, you don't really have a lot of margin for error so you know i like to say i never want to the, the quote i never want a war that that uh, went to plan but i never want a war that i didn't plan thoroughly uh i can't i can't remember who that was an employee or winston churchill or something but for me that makes a lot of sense because it leans into the the analysis that we do in our deals you've got a plan for uh you got a plan to win those wars right? And it's not going to go to plan, but you can analyze to a point to where you have a plan that will win in the battlefield, but then you've got to be kind of agile as you go. So let's, let's get some perspective because being, being in the high-tech industry, designing machines, designing robots, multi-million dollar, one-of-a-kind prototypes, you are the poster child of analysis paralysis. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in this planet should have more permission than you to say, wait, let's make sure this is right. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. you were yeah. able to, I won't say overcome that, but harness and manage it. And, and, I bet that there's somebody listening to this podcast right now that is contemplating whether or not they should take that action, whether they should make that decision, whether they should make that investment, whether they should start that business, whether they should partner up with that one guy. How can you like you, you kind of yada, yada, yada over the best part, right? <laughs> like, how did you make that shift? You of all people with this background that you have, how were you able to ultimately like, okay, I'm going to be like those guys? Well, it, you know, somebody told me when I was at an event that there's a lot of successful engineers in real estate, but I, I was going to make, the comment, I made the comment back to him. I think there's a lot more that are still analyzing the possibility of getting into real estate <laughs> <laughs> because, because it's really, to your point, it's, um, there's a lot more, uh, it's not as calculated, it's, it's, you can calculate some, but there's a, there's a lot of environmental factors at play there that some can, and I think at the end of the day, I went through a downturn. Uh, I went through the OA downturn in pre-development. I've seen, I've seen how the models, the financial models can break down. 
um, and I've seen um, how the the lending environment, uh, the, the debt markets, and I've seen how the consumer markets for the demand can shift. Uh, and and I think that having gone through a loss gave me a perspective on how you can fortify a real estate deal to survive that. I mean, you know, and right now it took me a while to find the right strategies. And I picked up courses like the lamps, like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. I was like shedding light here and there. Oh, go this way or that way or vacation rentals or bobble, you know, whatever. But then I finally started to see like, okay, this, this is a longer path, but this multifamily and recession resilient markets with employment makeup that's diversified that has passed in the past survived recessions very low leverage so not real high returning deals but you're not going to lose it all along the way you're going to be the tortoise with a fortified shell with a lot of capital reserves in the bank again a little lower returns find the right partners that are willing to take these deals down with me and the investors that are willing to accept a high risk adjusted return or a low risk return. I think when I finally leaned into that and I got through all the noise of, you know, the get rich quick and the people that really had a sustained model was when I was able to finally lean in and you know what, this makes a lot of sense. When I found that partner, we just started doing deals, found worked a little harder to find those investors that are okay with a 15% return and not a 30% return, right? Mm -hmm. But they know they won't lose it all along the way. And I think that's where it really started to make sense. And I could speak from a passion of understanding and experience towards the model itself. And, and so that's, that's a great segue into a more specific topic about what you're doing with multifamily. Um, and so you and I know each other and we're connected because of multifamily. Uh, and I get the question all of the time. Like, well, is now the right time to invest? Things are kind of bananas right now, man. I think I should wait until the market cools off or I think I should wait till the market heats up or I think I should wait for any time that's not right now, you know, to contemplate the possibilities of getting into real estate like, you, like your mm -hmm. engineer friends are doing. What kind of perspective have you been able to gain as somebody who did go ahead and jump in, who has lived through a downturn? What do you say about people who are not sure if now's the right time to get in? Well, so, in, you know, I was having this conversation with some of my investors and I've been planning for this recession since I went through the last one and I've been structuring deals, assuming, in fact, every single one of our decks has the line, this is built around us going through another eight, nine and 10, right? Type of bust again. So we've been, a, we've been, we're, I'm in the asset because, and the, this business model because of its recession resilience. And I know that we can ride out a recession and still cash flow, um, and so when we're we're in it or on the cusp of it, I see opportunity. Uh, we there's there's opportunity for us, the individuals that have found investors willing to take a little lower return for investments that will are in the emerging markets, but will weather the storm. And I can kind of go into a couple of the because I, I talked to thousands of investors. And so, you know, the, the buzzwords of inflation and interest rate and, and all this stuff, I can kind of touch on a couple of those if you'd like me to. Uh, yeah, just real quick. I mean, it's not a real estate podcast, but we've got, uh, we've got a lot of people out there that are, that are 
mm-hmm. looking for strategic ways to to place their funds. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people are pulling things out and going with cash right now, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at a high level, you know, somebody that somebody that's not sure if they should invest in real estate because of the timing, because of the market, you know, what are some some general recommendations that you can make to to either help somebody feel better about investing in real estate or to cement their decision that, okay, I'm going to wait, like some, some general guidelines that somebody might look for at a high level. Yeah. So if you're a a single family or a multifamily fix and flipper, this is the wrong time to do that. And and I would actually argue that uh, it's always the wrong time to do that. Uh, And because I used to do it and there's an outsized level of, of litigation, legal and financial risk associated with that model. But if you're talking about real estate in um, commercial assets, commercial multifamily type of real estates, uh, then, and you're not potentially doing it yourself, you're going at it with a sponsor or a firm that is modeled around fixing interest rates for long periods of time so that you're not at interest rate risk. Right now, we're, we're buying rate caps or doing long-term fixed interest, which means the interest rates we're locking in today are going to be advantageous because we're getting cheaper debt than we will tomorrow. So with interest rates rising, we're actually getting a cheaper asset. Our buying power is higher today. So down the road, somebody is more likely to assume our loan than to restructure the deal if we sell because they'll be buying an asset with a lower interest rate, right? So it's actually on the rise. It makes sense to buy uh, and lock if they're locking in interest rates um, like we are. If inflation's on the rise, right? Well, I have an article in Forbes. Uh, you can look at Patrick Grimes' Forbes Inflation, which talks about how in rental income property, specifically large multifamily properties, we tend to make money with inflation. And that's because our rents in the workforce housing that we do, we don't do new construction, just existing construction. Uh, our rents track with inflation. Well, sure, our expenses do too, but our expenses are only half our rents. So our rents only have to grow at half the rate the expenses do to break even. So traditionally, it's not only a hedge against inflation, but oftentimes we can make money more return by an outsized proportion in an inflationary environment. Now, on the other side, you're saying, well, what if the residents can't afford the, the greater price? Well, that's why we go for sort of what we call that, not luxury prime and urban housing, but because those are tend to be during a recession when people move out of the single family, but they move out into the existing like a dollar in gas or a dollar for milk is really not going to affect their ability to pay their rent. Meanwhile, what you find out is their buying power has gone down during a recession. So they're going to continue to rent. It's not the right time to buy a home. So we find compression or uh, more demand for our units through a recession in an inflationary environment. So that's, it's really fascinating to me that, that you, you kind of flipped the script here. Well, interest rates are going up. That's a great time to buy because mm-hmm. it's, it means that as interest rates continue to rise, it's only going to make our asset cheaper and mm-hmm. more attractive to somebody because we have a lower interest rate and it's fixed. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's a new perspective that I had not quite heard before. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, Patrick, think, go ahead. No, there's layers to it, but we can only, we can only cover so much because they may say, well, Avengers rate prices will go down. Well, we do a strategy which we buy under market and we raise prices and we raise income and inflation will raise with us, right? You know, and so there's lots of levels to it, but uh, it is the reason why we're in the strategy is to make money in recessions, is to hedge with downturns and build generational wealth. And the rich have been, the wealthy have been investing in multifamily and steering, steering their capital to. It's there for many, many late generations. It's just now that we've started doing syndications that's available to us that we can benefit from that as well. That's right. And Patrick, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. I love how your brain works, uh, especially with that kind of building machines background and turning that towards real estate. Uh, what I'd love to do is I'd love to crack open that beautiful noggin of yours and see how your brain works. We're going to do the do zone diagnostic. Are you ready? Okay. All right. <laughs> diagnostic. Here we go. Yep. So this is a series of five questions I ask every guest so that we can see how your brain works and soak up all that knowledge that we can't just rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind, number one, what's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? So in the morning, I, I run on the beach here uh, and I listen to podcasts and thought leadership platforms. And I take moments to that reset my brain in that thought leadership space and the inspirational space. And then I reset my, my daily objectives um, during those runs. Nice. And what do you do, Patrick, to get back on track when you lose that focus? Depends on how far out of focus I am. <laughs> um, I oftentimes will go on little retreats for myself. Like I, I've spent a week in Sedona. I spent a week at a meditation retreat. I've traveled the world twice, uh, a couple of years abroad. So it depends on how, you know, after I've done like master's programs, I've been a bit of a traveler. Nice. Yeah, I have more questions about that later. But first, who is your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Well, Josh, you were in for every day for a little while when we were when I joined your program in the morning. That was an amazing uh, launch forward for our business. And I appreciated that. And uh, so there is a couple masterminds that I'm a part of that uh, tackle, tackle different areas of my business, some on the real estate operations side and some on the real estate capital raising side. And, you know, it's great to be able to come there, get accountability for what I'm working on, state my objectives, and then just be real about the struggles that I'm having, and then just be affirmed that everybody's having them too, and work and navigate through them. Nice. And, uh, you know, here's, here's an interesting question to see how your brain really works. How do you approach a difficult project that you're not quite sure how to complete? So... You know, I, being in the high tech space, every single project I've ever done uh, was a one of a kind machine. So I, that would be my everyday life. And <clears throat> I tend to spend time researching uh, how others are, are approaching it. I reach out on Indeed or Upwork to speak to some consultants or people that are experts in the niche and then kind of compile and see what kind of similar answers I'm getting. Uh, and then we, we, we give it a shot at little steps at a time, right? And uh, then reassess and, and then tackle. Okay, 
Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, last question, what's the number one pro tip that you would give to somebody looking to get more stuff done in less time? Um, time blocking has got to be it because the time blocking component really has the two components to it. It's, it's trying to figure out the few things that what's the, you know, 10% of things that will actually move the needle for your company and blocking out time for that, because I can be busy every day, keeping the status quo. But if I didn't time block out of my week, what are the few activities that'll make everything unnecessary that I can do, then I wouldn't ever get to them. Yeah, you got it, man. Makes sense. And, and I'm a big fan of time blocking myself. Uh, and so that's one of the things that uh, you were able to do to make this transition into real estate. And, you know, we've been talking about real estate, you've been displaying some of your expertise. Tell us a little bit more about that. I know you've got a book. Tell us about the book. Uh, tell us about Anybody who's listening right now that, that may want to engage with you, what does that person need to look like and, and what, what ways can you help them? Preferably a little more hair than I have, I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah, so, it, so invest on Main Street. You know, we're, doing, we're doing deals in low-risk markets, low-risk assets, and structuring them financially in a very low-risk way. And so if there's a, you know, we're, we're currently working on opportunities uh, in Atlanta and Texas. So obviously if people want to meet, that would be, I'd love to meet them if, if there's some interest. Um, we, I have a book, Persistence, Pivots, and Game Changers, Turning Challenges and Opportunities. Uh, Brian Tracy did the foreword. There's uh, NFL, NBA uh, coaches, players, entrepreneurs, artists, and Phil Collins of the uh, lead guitarist of the Def Leppard all did a chapter in this and, and me, myself with hair, and that's not a wig I used to actually have here. And I, you know, it's an, it made an Amazon number one bestseller. It was a really fun project full of great stories from amazing people. I'd be happy to give a free copy to your listeners if they want to go to investonmainstreet.com, investonmain and then street.com, and then set up a call and we can talk about your goals. But at, right now, what we're looking at is I had been keeping my head to the grinding stone and getting deals done for many years. Uh, and I'm finally getting my name out there. Um, I've been doing podcasts. I'm a Forbes author. I've got half a dozen articles speak towards knowledge and this book. So I'm working on giving back to the people and, uh, that I work with and I have a, kind of a passion for helping people along their journey. That's awesome. And so, uh, invest on mainstreet.com, uh, and they can book a call and speak directly with you or somebody on your team, right? Yeah. Well, right now I'm, I'm taking those calls and the you know, worst case is you end up with an Amazon number one bestseller and your, and we'll ship it to you. So. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and so if, if somebody's going to book that call and talk to you, can you describe aside from them having more hair than you, uh, can you describe uh, who, who would be a good fit to potentially talk to you about investing uh, in, in multifamily? Well, I think traditionally, uh, most individuals have what you call a very narrow financial IQ, not in not because it's their fault, but because America traditionally leaves it up to the 401k account of somebody's employer. Maybe they've earned enough to grow into uh, getting their own IRA in addition to that, supplementing that. Maybe they've even got a financial planner. 
uh, and that financial planner is putting me into products. But what you find is all three of these are heavily weighted in the stock market. Financial planners, uh, IRA will only put you in similar things. Financial planners are incentivized and don't practice selling away. will only put you in the same kind of index funds and mutual funds. So what, if, if somebody's wanting to get into real estate, wanting to diversify into real estate, I've helped individuals invest cash or help take a piece of their IRA or 401k and self-direct it and put it into income generating real estate in emerging markets or do your rental properties, which can have outsized risk from a legal or financial perspective if you're doing it in your own name and 1031 exchange those into larger apartment buildings as a partner with us. Um, or I've, I have friends that are individuals that booked a time saying, look, we own our house outright. We, we've got $2 million, but we're still going to work for another 10 years. Uh, does that make sense? And they got a HELOC. They invested in mine and a couple other deals and they retired the, the following year because they, um, they decided to put some of their home equity to work. So, you know, those are all potential things that I help people do. Uh, so if any, any of that applies and you, or just want to poke fun at me for losing my hair, uh, happy to do the call. <laughs> yeah, it's like the sixth time you brought up your, your <laughs> Yeah. And I'm it's like, for those it. of you that are just listening audio, there's a picture of Patrick on the cover of the book. Where right. He very clearly has hair. Right. And, the, and the one that I'm looking at on the video, very clearly has, yeah. has, has, has misplaced <laughs> that hair and maybe someday it'll come back man don't worry about yeah. it yeah i'm still getting used to it so uh, i had an investor call and say oh you have this little wave good job shaving your hair off because there was this little wave on your forehead i'm yeah. like oh my gosh no, that wasn't a shave buddy <laughs> awesome well patrick this is this has been this has been excellent especially the little mini clinic in there about investing during a potential recession and during a record-breaking inflation and just flipping that on its head and saying, well, actually, that's a good thing. That that right there was worth the price of admission. Uh, so thank you very much for, for coming on here and, and sharing your time with us. Patrick Grimes, everybody, for those of you who are interested in connecting with him directly, he has uh, graciously offered a free copy of his Amazon number one bestseller, which is called Persistence Pivots and Game Changers. Uh, if you go to investonmainstreet.com. Go to investonmainstreet.com and you can schedule a call. You can speak with Patrick or someone on his team and they will be happy to answer any questions that you have about potentially investing in real estate and see if it might be a good fit for you. You can also connect uh, with us on thedozone.com. And we're also on the social medias. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. If you are a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, you want to check that out, thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Let's go.
Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time.